Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Tell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Tell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to tackle a topic that is um, kind of on the edge. It's a fringe topic. It's not right down the center, meat and potatoes, real estate investing, uh, retirement investing, savings investing, you know, all the stuff that's, you know, what you would expect from a real estate investment training radio show, because we're not really that. We're really a lifestyle show. We talk about what's really important in your life. But today I'm, I'm going on even the fringe of that. What's the conversation going to be about? I'm always talking about retiring and about quitting your job. And I bring on, you know, lots of people, one, one a week at least, uh, talking about how they use lifestyles, investments, systems to retire. I don't know how many of you out there are sitting there going, I don't understand the concept of retirement. I don't understand, first of all, why anybody would want to do it. And I don't see any possible way to do it. Just doesn't make any sense. Now, I've covered many times in the past and might touch back on it in the last segment again of how easy it is to retire. But that's not really what I'm looking at. What I want to do today is share with you some experiences that I've witnessed either through my own experience or somebody else's experience that leads me to talk about retirement. Because let's think about it. Your whole life, what did your parents want you to do? Go to school, get a good education. But why on earth? So you can get a good job. Everything in your life you've been told has been driven towards getting a good job. That's it. That's the, forget it. You went to school. You got a job. Now, what do you do? You got a job. Well, you get a promotion. 
you get a raise or you get a better job. But no one talks about the fact what you do once you get a job is you live below your means, you save up your money, you buy investment properties, uh, businesses that will retire you, and now everybody else works for you. Your assets work for you, your employees work for you, and everybody else works so you don't have to. But instead, you're being taught to climb that ladder and to kiss that booty right above you on the ladder. And there's an old saying that goes something like this. When you're trying to climb the ladder of success in business and you look up with all the people above you on the ladder, the view never changes. All you're ever looking at is that butthole above you. And you also know, according to that saying, that when anything happens, which way does crap fall? It all falls down on you. And so... I want to talk about this as a concept to get out of the ladder system. Get off the ladder. Own your own ladder if you want. And climb the ladder by starting at the top. Or, and that would be self-employed. Or be, own a business where when you look at the org chart, you're not even on the org chart, which means I'm not even on the ladder. I don't have anything to do on the ladder. I don't get up and go to work. I had a guy working in one of my apartment complexes, and he texts me like 8 o'clock. Uh, your maintenance man's not here to let me in the door. I called him back at 10 when I got out of bed and said, I'm sorry, I just woke up. <laughs> and, uh, did, again, you go, yeah, he's been here for, for a long time. I go, well, okay, fine. So, you know, you, you take a look at that situation. That wasn't even my responsibility to get the maintenance guy there, but the guy, I had hired the company to go do some work for me. And so he had my number, and he called me, and right? But that's okay. It, it's just funny because I just didn't know what to tell the guy. I'm sorry, I didn't a not answer your text. I didn't get out of bed because I don't have a job. And I don't want a job. But this guy owns his own company, so he wants to be self-employed. He wants to be involved in that business, and his people working for him need and want jobs. So, Dell, how can you continuously put down jobs and business? And the reality is, I'm not. I love business. I own lots of businesses. And all of my businesses are instilled with my belief system that both the customer and the employee are stakeholders in the business. They need to be treated respectfully and dealt with accordingly and given what they were promised. That's important. Why? Because I've seen it so many times where that's not the case. But even within that promise from me to my employees and to my customers, my final answer is I would be very happy to see you use what I'm teaching to go build your own businesses and leave me. Say, well, then you'll have to hire somebody else. I know hiring people is easy because everybody needs and wants a job, right? So well, that's not what I found. I found it's very hard to get anybody to, to work. No, you find it's hard to get anybody because you don't know how to hire people. You find it's hard because you're not willing to pay them what they're worth. 
or whatever the reason. But the bottom line is, if you need people, there's people, right? And so we, we take a look at this situation. Oh, hold on a second here, guys. My phone's turned off. It's still making noise. Why is that? I have no idea. Um, sorry. So we, we're, we're sitting here looking at this situation. You're wondering why I'm putting work and business down, and I'm not. Work is the first step to success. Employment is the first step success in almost everybody's case. Not everybody, but 99%. But the problem is it can't be the goal for success. There has to be a goal to get away from work. So today, I compiled a few stories I want to tell you and share with you this. When I first decided to leave college my junior year, I had really good grades. That wasn't the reason I left. Uh, I was just bored. I was going to classes that people didn't really care about. They were taking them to get a piece of paper called a degree. And it just wasn't fun. And I was biting at the bit to get out there and start a business and get, get into business. And when I was in college, I owned a gym. I built a gym and owned a gym with another guy. And uh, we had a weightlifting team, a powerlifting team, Olympic lifting team. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I worked. I've had every kind of job that you could possibly think of. Everything from uh, going around to trash cans and pulling stuff out of trash cans and selling them in garage sales to doing magic shows in my garage. Uh, I did everything you could do as a kid, every high school and college job, like working in movie theaters, working in stores, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I did all those things. But when I got, I got in college, I wanted to get out there and get rich. I wanted to get out there and get a business going. And so I left. I just couldn't take it anymore. When I got to Houston, Texas, I um, looked for the first job I could get. And they came up with this thing. They said, what is your, your background? I have an accounting degree. I actually don't have a degree because I never got my degree. But if I got a degree, it would have been in accounting and finance. And so when I got here, I got a job, a, a locator company got me a job working at a company here that was a finance company. Now, these, this kind of finance companies where you go in there to borrow short-term loans for small amounts of money, and you put up your furniture or a motorcycle or a car as collateral, okay? And this company's um, system, let's call it, told me that, okay, first of all, I had a guy that was like 68 years old, 70 years old that was running the place. Uh, his fingers were orange with cigarette smoke. I mean, he coughed every other word. He was on the edge of death. But he was the man, been there forever. And the conversation was, look, we're going to put you in a management training program. Whenever you hear there's a management training program, need to understand what the scam is that goes with it. Now, I'm not even telling you to run away from it, but I'm just telling you what the scam is. By making you a manager trainee, they can call you a manager, in which case they can pay you a salary and the salary can be less than minimum wage. We'll take a short break, be right back with Del Wamsley Radio Show. Call from mom, answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm telling, talking to you about the things uh, about working that irritate people to the point where uh, it pushed me right out of working for other people and made it so, so important to me to retire by the age of 34 and to own my own businesses and, and not work within corrupt systems. So, and I'm not saying all companies are corrupt, but I'm just saying um, there's things you'll see in these companies and if you listen carefully, you might hear something about one of the companies you work for. Uh, so this company I went to work for was this finance company, and they hired me as a um, manager trainee, which basically says, I can call you a manager so I don't have to pay you hourly and or overtime. So being a manager trainee means that you get paid less than minimum wage, right? And so I didn't understand that at the time and I needed a job and I was in a brand new city and I had no money and no place to live and I had to get something going. So I took the job and I thought it was pretty interesting because finance seemed pretty cool because I'd taken accounting and finance in college. I thought that's pretty neat. But what I found out it was, was just a loan shark company. And these guys lend money to poor, unsuspected people. And we basically beat the money back out of them. I mean, verbally beat them up on the phone almost every day to come in and pay us some money on this stuff. Charge them ridiculously high interest rates. I think something like 18 to 25% interest on this stuff. And uh, if they didn't pay, we would threaten to come to their house and take everything they owned. All of their furniture and fixtures and TVs and stereos and the whole bit. So it was kind of a a thug type operation also. My job though was to sit there for eight, 10 hours a day and call on the phone and get people that had taken loans before to come back and take another loan or get on the phone and do collections. I think I started in collections and later I started selling loans. During this time they had this training program, quote unquote, which was a bunch of videotapes and books, really nice looking setup that you know, you could train to be a manager of one of these places. And it was like a five-year training program with just hundreds of hours of stuff. Well, I'm single in a new town, have nothing to do and no money to do with. What do I do? I take these things home and I start studying. And lo and behold, within one year, I had studied every class, taken the test, passed with above um, qualifying grades, very high grades. And at the end, I said, I'm done. I completed the course. I'd like to be moved up to a manager. And the guy looked at me, he goes, you're out of your mind. I go, what do you mean I'm out of my mind? I just did what you said. It's a five-year training program. I did it in one year. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm probably one of your best students here. I'm, you know, it's, it's my turn. He goes, 
I don't know if you understand this or not, but you're like 21 years old. You know, I'm 67 years old or 70 years old, whatever he was. It took me 20 years to get to become a manager. There's no way you're going to be a manager. You don't have any experience. I said, I have as much experience as necessary. I just took every course. I know how to do everything because you can't read people. I go, what do you mean? I'm the one selling the loans right now. And this guy did weird things like he would say, okay, a guy would come in, he'd have no credit or bad credit, and he'd want to get a loan for a motorcycle. And uh, I go, this guy doesn't qualify at all. doesn't even have a good job. And the guy would go, yeah, I give him a loan. I know his dad. His dad and I went way back. We did a bunch of horse trailers back then. That was one of the major things they lent on was horse trailers. I don't know why that was such an uh, important part of the business for them. I guess because cowboys don't have credit. So this was the, you know, the only place they could get their horse trailer finance. So he would let people that didn't qualify have loans and people that did qualify not have loans. The guy was a racist, a bigot. He was just incredulous. The worst human being I'd ever met in my life. And I could see that there was nowhere I was going. In his mind, I was just a young, dumb punk. And so I had to get out of there. Besides the fact I was only making $600 a week, it wasn't really hard to match that money anywhere. So I went from there to a, tri uh, to a dairy delivery company here in Houston. I won't mention their name, and the reason I won't, and I think I have in the past, but I won't, is because they were doing illegal stuff job was terrible. I thought it'd be great to get out of the office because I was falling asleep in the office every day. I was watching the minute and second hand go around the clock, if you can imagine that while I was making these calls. It was incredible. I was waiting for that break you could take. Uh, lunch break was life and, and death to people there. People took cigarette breaks. I didn't smoke, so I didn't even get to take a cigarette break. It was just insane. But I got in this job, and it was an outdoor job, and I thought, this is going to be something fun, uh, you know, driving a semi around town and delivering dairy products. So they start you out as a helper to learn the job. You go down, you get your license to drive a semi. And I got a license to drive a semi. And then, but you don't really get to drive at first. You have to follow it. You, you are a helper. And you're doing all the loading and unloading and loading and unloading, which is a heck of a lot of work. Heavy, heavy stuff. You're going out, taking it out of a refrigerator truck, putting it down on the ground in a 100-degree temperature, pulling it into the dairy area, going back into the freezer and putting the dairy products in the freezer. So you're in and out of cold and hot, cold and hot, cold and hot all day long. That isn't even what got me. We started four o'clock in the morning and we ended like five o'clock at night. I was exhausted. My weightlifting and training went to crap. I got unhealthy. And that isn't even what got me. What got me was, is this company allowed stealing. They would sell dairy products to grocery stores and convenience stores and so forth on credit. Then when the guy would go in to sell them the products, we'd take the old products out and say that they, their date had expired, T take out the old products, although the dates hadn't expired. We just took everything out that was in there, refilled it with all fresh stuff, took the stuff that we took out of there and took it over to a small convenience store where there was some type of a foreigner customer, and I won't name different nationalities, but there are foreigners that would pay half price to get bad product and put it in the grocery stores. And it was always foreigners. I hate to be so crass about it, but it was always the same thing, man. It was just this weird business model that doesn't fit here in the United States. But it was done, and these guys were doing it. So they would sell the credit to the good stores, take the bad stuff up, sell it for cash to the cheap stores, and take whatever they had that they didn't want and take it down on the block and sell it to people on the street. It was just ungodly. 
Uh, they were making thousands of dollars a day of stolen merchandise per truck. They literally were stealing it out of the coolers. They, they weren't, you know, this dairy product should have stayed in there. They were taking it out. And then what was interesting is they'd take it out, and then they'd bring the guys in the store back there to count. Okay, you looks like you're out of this, out of that, out of this, out of that. But they're out of it because we took it all out. And we took it out under the guise that it was spoiled. But it wasn't spoiled. We were selling it to another store. Ungodly. I had to get out of there. I couldn't live with myself. It was just... So the second type of deceit, the first type of deceit is employee deceit, discrimination. Um, it's everything you think about bad people, terrible employers uh, that have racist, you know, ageist, sexist problems. Then you go over here. Now you get criminals. Now I'm working at another company and it's criminals all the way up to the top. How do I know it was up to the top? Because we would sell some of the old product back to other places that were on credit. And it wouldn't match up to invoices of what we took out of the, off the dock that day. So let's say we took uh, $5,000 worth of dairy products off the dock that day and put it in our truck. We'd come back with $10,000 worth of sales we'd turn into the dispatcher. And they would bill $10,000 even though here's our, our um, PO for taking it off the dock. I just couldn't live with that, man. I had to go. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talk 13-7. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm talking about terrible jobs and why certain kinds of jobs would lead you to want to retire, to get out of your job, quit it, so on and so forth. Uh, I had a lot of experience with jobs that um, were not the top-end echelon jobs, but uh, I'll share some top-end echelon job information in a little bit, too. Uh, the next thing I worked at was a health club, and in the health club, it was interesting how they paid you. They paid you $2.75 an hour with no overtime. They worked you 12 hours a day, six days a week, so it should have been massive overtime, but there was no overtime, and then they paid you commissions on whatever types of memberships you could sell. And um, it was a good old boy system, and to say the least, almost everybody there was a scammer. I went to work there because I was so frustrated with the first couple jobs I had. I said, you know what, 
life is too short. If I can't make any money, I'm at least going to have a job where I'm where I want to be, which is the health club. That's where I live. That's what's my hobby. That was everything about me. So I said, at least if I'm working there, I'm helping people do what they want to, what I like to do, and I can help them accomplish it since I have the skill set. So I went there and I enjoyed it, working two dollars and seventy-five cents an hour, cleaning toilets and swimming pools and working people out. And eventually one day I got to sell a membership and uh, that was easy to me since I'd done contracts before from at the finance company. I knew everything about contracts. That was easy. I signed somebody up, filled out the contract. They didn't even need to teach me how to do it. They were amazed. It uh, blew their mind and they were unhappy because I took somebody's commission. You know, you weren't supposed to do that. You were supposed to let the, uh, the top sell. But it, unfortunately, everybody in the place was at lunch when this guy came in. So I signed him up. At that point, they sent me over to uh, that weekend. A bunch of guys didn't show up. They went to bodybuilding contests. And they sent me over to a little health club to run for the weekend because no one showed up to work. And I ran that one for the weekend. They had a sales contest, and um, I won the sales contest. And so then that put me on the map, and then I moved up into, into other clubs. Actually, they gave me that club because the guy that went away to the contest never came back. He was a cocaine freak. Uh, and a child molester. That shows you the kind of people who work in these places. And um, he, yeah, he was a he was a fattish for young boys and girls, believe it or not. And he had them living with him. So you know, it's crazy stuff. And, and you go into an environment like this where you've got guys that are steroid freaks, you got guys that are drug addicts, you got guys that are pedophiles, you got you know, uh, womanizers. It just everybody's chauvinistic, arrogant, you know, sob. And you're like, my God. How, where in the world did this all come from? How did I grow up into this world? This just is, and that's what made me what I call now a financial conservative and a social liberal, is that just these people are just out of their minds. And it just shouldn't be that way, right? That's why I became a social liberal. I said, you guys got to get off your case here. Um, whenever I enjoyed working the health clubs, I was very good at it, and I did it for a long time. But it wore on you 12 hours a day, six days a week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, one day I said, you know, I got to go. I just can't do this anymore. And I said, I don't care what I do. I just can't work 12 hours a day, six days a week. There's no life. You get one day a week and that day a week, you go to the grocery store and do your laundry, clean your house and you're, and you're done. The day's over. So I decided to go get a 40 hour a week job. So I left and I had a guy offer me a job out in Jacksonville, Florida, managing five health clubs. So I decided to go out there. And I saw the guy had no idea how to run health clubs. And he lived in Dallas. And so I took over the health clubs. And what I found out was that all of his managers were cocaine addicts. And they were all his girlfriends. This guy was married. He was a super Christian. Uh, he was just famous for how Christian he was. Um, and he lived up in Dallas, Texas. And he owned these health clubs. And he sent me over there. And I fired all these girls because they're all cocaine heads. They couldn't sell anything. They wouldn't even come to work. And they all lived together in his condo. So he would go visit his condo. And all these girls were there, uh, parting their brains out, whatever. So when I fired all of his people, he called me down and said, look, you don't understand. You were supposed to fix this place, not wreck. I said, I didn't wreck it. I've already tripled the sales uh, since I've took, taken it over. And he goes, well, that's, that, there's more to that to business than just sales. These people were important people to me. And, You've got to hire them all back. I said, I'm not doing it. I left. So there we go. Now we got people, businesses out there. This happened to my dad also. My dad worked for a guy in vending company for 25 years, uh, just long enough for his son to become 25 years old. And his son took over the company and pushed my dad out. Uh, as the, the guy running the whole company, he came in, 
didn't have any experience at all, but he was the son, so he took over, and my dad got pushed out. So that's what forced my dad into deciding he was going to go buy his own business. So my dad went and bought another vending business, which was still working him to death, just like he'd worked to death for somebody else. So there again, not the right decision, right? There's an old saying, an old guy loses his job, been around forever, but he loves him. They said, let's give him a job. So they said, we'll give you a job polishing the cannon at the courthouse. The guy does that for about a year. One day he walks into his wife and he says, you know, honey, I'm thinking about going out on my own. I'm going to become, you know, self-employed. She goes, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to buy my own cannon. <laughs> and my job will be to clean my own cannon. You know, it's just some people don't understand that business is about making money and not about ha- owning a business or having a job, whatever. So I, I found those types of problems. Uh, there are other problems out there. There are people out there that just get hired and fired and hired and fired, and not because they're bad people, but it's the, the seasonality of a business, right? I see the oil industries that way. People that are just going along great, I'm talking to them, life is great, and then boom, they get slammed, it's over with, right? Another one was uh, John Ridgway, we call him Dalai Lama. When he came here, we got him all set up to start you know, buying his own real estate and getting into the business with me. And the day that we were about ready to close on our first deal, he got a call and said his company consolidated and boom, they didn't need him anymore. <laughs> a vice president of the company, largest management company in the country, and they just cut him. Gone. Luckily for him, he had this deal set up and the next day he owned his own apartment. It didn't matter. And he was laughing all the way to the bank. But you see this kind of stuff all the time. Um, then there's more subtle ones. Right? There's more subtle ones. It's inequities of companies. Uh, I had a girlfriend that worked for the oil industry. She was a geologist, and um, they put her in charge of running crews. And so each crew would have a geologist, a geophysicist, an engineer, geoengineer, uh, a map guy, I think was probably the geologist. I'm not sure there's somebody who's an expert in maps. And they would go look for wells, find them, map them, and then set up to drill them. And all was good, except they worked massively long hours. And they also were subject to layoffs all the time because the business was up and down, up and down. So one day after I got her owning enough real estate, she bought an apartment complex and she had enough money to live on, she decided to let that job go. And uh, when she let the job go, they called her back. And they <laughs> said, <laughs> How would you like to come back to work for us, contract labor, part-time? And she goes, well, I don't know. You know, what do you pay me? And they were paying her something like 135 bucks an hour. And they said they'd pay her 165 bucks an hour if she come back contract labor. And at contract labor, she could pick her own hours. And she could pick her own crew. And she could pick which projects she wanted to take on. None of which, none of the autonomy did she have when she worked there? None of the flexibility to where she could actually have a life. And yet, as a contract laborer, they treated her 10 times better. It just, it's weird. Employees, employers, many times think of employees as slaves. They've got you by the yang yang. You can't get away, man. And they just push you and push you and push you and push you until one day you wake up and go, I can't stand this anymore. It's the guy in the movie screaming out the window. I can't take it anymore. There just comes that point where it doesn't make any sense. Right? And 
you say to yourself, well, Dell, you have to have a job. Yes, you do have to have a job to start with. You don't have to have a job the rest of your life. That's not necessary. So when you look at this thing, you think, what is my alternative? Your alternatives are very simple. Number one, you get a job, not a stupid job, the best job you can possibly get. Number two, you live below your means. So when I made $10,000 a year and I was living at home with my parents, I saved $8,000 a year because I didn't have to pay for any bills, right? When I made $20,000 a year, whatever $600 a month was, I lived on half of that because I'd never had any bills. And I never let my bills get any higher than half of what I've earned my entire life. That's why, and, and by the way, the wealthier I got and the more income I made, the larger percentage was saved each year. To the point now, with the amount of money I make now, I probably live on 10% of what I make. That's just the way it got easier and easier and easier to save a larger and larger percentage. And that's what really happens when you're becoming wealthy. We'll take our last break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. So counterintuitive to me. They've got these unemployment job reports, and they're talking about people wanting jobs, yet the government's trying in every way it can to destroy jobs. I mean, especially since we have the new administration in there with Biden and his team, they're just killing jobs left and right. So whether it's the fact that you can sense that your career may be over, that the kinds of business that you work for uh, might be a target by the government now, and you may lose your job in the near future because of the stuff that they're doing and the all the things that they're passing and or just writing into existence as president proclamations. Um, that's a reason to start thinking about how are you going to take care of yourself when you lose that job? And are you just going to go out there and go on employment and lose all your savings and or beg for a small job or work at Walmart as a, as a you know, a greeter? What, what are you going to do? Right. Whether it's something like that or like the people who were on my radio show yesterday um, where they're talking about they worked for Ford and Ford went broke and there were no more promotions and they were cutting the friends. Almost everybody they knew was getting laid off and they just knew, you know, that it was coming to an end. Or some of the stuff that I talked about, you're working for a company that's crooked, you're working for a company that has inhumane work conditions, um, you got a boss that's just a complete creep in some one shape or another, a uh, sexist, a racist, a, you know, homophobe, whatever it is, whatever it is, these people out there, there's something about giving weak people a little bit of power that makes them think that they're now God. I think what it is, they feel so bad about how minuscule they are in this world that with a little bit of power, they want to make everybody else suffer as much as they're suffering life, knowing that they're getting nowhere in life. I've seen it when I was young. I remember every job I had, there was guys that were 50 years old, 60 years old, running everything. 
and they were miserable. Fat guts, out of shape, disgusting looking, cigarette smoking, just unbelievable people. And just not the people do you want to train you or to raise you up in the world. And there they were. Those people had all the power. So now what you see is happening is that you see that the liberal world, the progressives, are trying to take all those people out. They're getting rid of them all. They're going to turn this around to where they completely change the power structure of the country. The liberals, the progressives, the young are going to take over. And if you're in that system, you can become the victim of that takeover. It could wipe you out. And again, my question is, and then what are you going to do? If the liberal progressive movement decides that whatever it is that your company does for a living should not exist, it won't exist. They will take it out. These people are ruthless, right? So you need to be on the right side of that equation. Why is real estate on the right side of that equation? Because it's helping and serving other people. Creating clean housing, affordable housing for people to live in is a business that, the, quite frankly, the government can't do. It can't figure out how to deliver clean, functional housing to people at a fair price. So they've tried a thousand times. And every time they put up any type of a public housing thing, it turns into a tenement. It turns into a war zone, into a gigantic problem. And so they know that. And so they know they better leave the public sector in business, in the housing business. So when you look at this with that in mind, you need to be doing something. I'm not saying real estate's the only thing they're going to leave alone. There's going to be other things they're going to leave alone. But that's one that they, if they go crushing housing, people have no place to live. There will be an uprising. There won't be any Democrats and there won't be any progressives. They will be gone. You, they've got to give people housing one way or another. So the conservative client or the conservative people, remember, I'm not either. If anything, I'm a libertarian, but I don't even think I fit into that group. But if they crush you one way or the other, the pendulum will make the world swing the other way. And it's only a matter of time for it to happen. Okay? So you've got to take care of yourself. The government's not going to take care of you. They don't care about you. You think that this, this president up there speaking like he's Mr. Friendly cares about you? He doesn't give one whoop about you or your family. He's doing what he has to do for political expediency. He got voted in because he promised these things. He's going to do these things. That's political expediency. You want to stay in, take care of the people that got you there, right? And that's what's going to happen. So you've got at least four years, and usually these people stick together pretty strongly. So you've probably got eight years of this. And if you're not thinking about where your business, where your job, where your employment, where your income is coming from right now, then you're making a mistake. You need to take action. Call us. Come over and listen to what our speakers have to say. See if it makes any sense to you. If it doesn't, go somewhere else. But do something. It's not the time to sit and wait because the wrecking ball is coming. Think of Miley Cyrus and the wrecking ball. That wrecking ball is going to wreck you down. There's no doubt about it. Right? There's no doubt about it. If you watch TV, 
all the TV programs show it. The change is here, and it's now. And you, my friend, will be the fallout. Think about how you survive. What's going to happen over the next four to eight years? I really hope you do. Give us a call. Get in for a free workshop. Look us up, anybody else you can. Start thinking. Because remember, it's not just money. This is about your lifestyle. The quality and the existence, and now even the survival of your lifestyle. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.